everyone. This is the Loose Cannon, David McBee, and I'm joined this week by Joey the Dragon Shaw. And welcome to this week's episode of This is the XFL 2020. And what an historic weekend it was as the XFL season started off. Enjoy the Dragon. I'm glad to have you back, brother. I'm glad to be here. And all I can say is for the love of football. And for the love of football, huge week, a lot of stuff to cover as we're going to try to blast through this. So much going on with the XFL. But, of course, the main thing that everyone was really watching this week, what were the ratings going to be with the XFL? Of course, the first game was on ABC. It was Seattle at the D.C. Defenders. Great news that came in for ABC, ESPN, and Fox as it drew an average of 3.3 million viewers and really good news, the end of the broadcast had the highest rating. Over 4 million people were watching the end of the game. So that tells me the viewers stayed throughout the game, Dragon. Hey, we talked about this in one of our early podcasts that we believe that the way that this was uh, being laid out, the XFL that is, that we believe that the fans were going to stay and be engaged. And it looks like it's working. Well, of course, a lot of comparisons are going to be done with the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. They debuted, they had 2.9 million viewers, so about a million more people is watching the XFL. But the main thing is the AAF that first week, they had their first game on CBS. Really easy to find, primetime. After that, their games was on Bleacher Report online, NFL Network, CBS Sports Network. It was all things that you had to subscribe to to get. Uh, it made it very difficult to even find where the games was at. And I think having the games on ABC, ESPN, and Fox is a game changer. And it looks like week one, they're off to a good start. Absolutely. A huge advantage for the XFL by having these major networks uh, producing and, uh, you know, showing these games. Like you said, easy to find. Well, and the question, too, was going to be, what was the broadcast going to be like? And back in 2001, you know, who could ever forget? It was Matt Vesgersian, and uh, who is a respected announcer, and Jesse the Body Ventura were the two announcers for the uh, original XFL at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, it ended up being good old JR, Jim Ross, and uh, Jesse the Body Ventura was doing the games. His ratings were tanking, but... I thought the announcers much stronger than the original XFL. They used a lot of announcers that were used to hearing an NFL and NCAA games. And to me, the broadcast really had an NFL NCAA feel to it. I agree. Very professionally done from the, like I said, the broadcasters, uh, the folks on the field, uh, you know, that I thought that was great. The interviews all around. I thought it was uh, absolutely great. And especially this being week one. Well, my question, Dragon, now, are you going to sue the XFL? Because they stole what you used to do with the Arkansas Tornadoes. We used to have the Shaw interviews on the sidelines in between quarters and after great plays. And it looks like the XFL, they was doing that. They had interviews. They had people all over the place. In fact, uh, we'll talk a little bit later. Uh, NFL Hall of Famer Troy Aikman was doing an interview on the sideline. Almost got ran over in the middle of the interview. How it's adopted here in the XFL and, and, and how it's received and, and how it works and all those things. Dean Blandino, of course, he's been involved. And, uh, Troy. Jeez, Troy, get out of the way, Troy. 
You're going to get me killed over here, aren't you? Troy's like 120 pounds right now. He looks incredible. Last about, question about before I let you go. On <laughs> How about the uh, communications from the coach to all of the players on the offense? Do you think that's something the NFL should have done? I like it. I like it. Now, I was told it was not all the players, but most of the players. I'd like to see it adopted to all the players. I, I, I think it's somewhat of a game changer. I'd like to see the coaches be able to talk to the defensive players, all of them as well. I think... I think uh, I don't see any reason why that would be necessarily a negative. I think it's uh, I think it's a real positive. So I like what I you know I think this league's got a real chance, and, and uh, you're involved, so that that gives me hope. All right, Troy. Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> you. But Dragon, they're stealing from you, brother. I think they must have watched us uh, on the Twin Lake Sports Network on some of those uh, early games that we did. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, it's I think it's great to have the the folks down on the sideline. I know it added to our games and we were just doing semi-pro, but we got so many compliments from fans and, and it wasn't much, you know, I would be able to chime in here and there, but there was things that uh, when you're up in the booth, you're, you're, you you do not know what's happening down there. You can guess and you can think, but you don't really know. And being down on the sideline, I could tell you, there's a lot of things that happen that you wouldn't think about. And it does, it adds, it, I was always looking for stories, something that I could share with the fans at home that they wouldn't know otherwise. And I think it just added a little extra, it adds a little extra to the broadcast. Well, the broadcast I thought came off very professionally, very well done, way ahead of where the AAF broadcast was. But I wrote a few highlights from the broadcast this week. Uh, We had multiple F-bombs on live TV, including one during an interview where he accidentally let the F-word slip out. We had on-field projectile vomiting. Uh, One of the players got sick uh, because it's such a fast pace. He ended up puking on the field. Replay officials using Xbox controllers. Fans in the stands eating rally cheese to try to make a comeback. A drunk streaker. Post-game shotguns of hard seltzer. And that doesn't even include the football. How can you not like all those awesome highlights? It's a very, very great start for the XFL with all this excitement. Well, week one, great ratings, the XFL. It's going to be interesting to see where the ratings go from there. But I don't think you could have picked a better uh, weekend debut Great announcers all did a you know a really good job. I think the only announcer that I wasn't real impressed by was uh, Greg Olson. Uh, I believe he was with Fox. Uh, wasn't exactly blown away by Olson, or it might have been ESPN. If I got, got, I can't remember which network he was, but Greg Olson. He was doing the Guardian game. Not super blown away by him, but overall the announcers I thought did a great job. If I was to rate it, I would actually probably give them probably a B plus for Week One. I agree. All right. Well, of course, we're really watching the ratings. Another thing, watching closely, the attendance of week one of the XFL. And great news with this as well. Week one ended up having 69,000 fans that attended the game. So a paid attendance of 17,454 per game. Uh, To kind of put it into perspective, though, it was kind of surprising. The AAF actually had higher attendance in week one. They had uh, 76,838 attend their their four games, an average of 19,210. But if you really break down the XFL attendance, every game was over 17,000, where the AAF basically had one one, uh, team that had uh, they had the San Antonio game at 29,000 people uh, attend that game. So if you take that out, they actually had less attendance per game. But 
you know, when you look at some of the stadiums that they were doing, of course, uh, the very first game, D.C. and Seattle had over 17,000 people attend that. The stadium only holds 20,000, so it was almost a complete sellout. But I will say something that was a big difference was the fans just seemed so much more vocal than I remember the AAF being. And uh, I think the XFL has to be happy with those two teams, their attendance. I agree with you. The fans are definitely much more vocal, uh, more excited. But again, I think the XFL did a a great job. Again, we talked about this in an early podcast. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job on the debut or excuse me, the lead up to this. A lot of excitement, a lot of hype, a lot of uh, work on their part. Uh, You could find them at, you know, social media. You could find them um, uh, anywhere on the Internet. You could find stuff about the XFL if you wanted to look. Uh, so I think they did a wonderful job, and again, it shows it got the fans excited. And you said it the, I think they had a more balanced uh, far as when it comes to the uh, fans for each team. Each team was almost I don't want to say identical. They were very close. I think I read they were all running in the seventeen thousand to eighteen thousand range uh, uh, in their stadiums. Well, with with that being said, too, the news has come out this week. The XFL has already outsold the AAF for the entire season of tickets, so selling a lot more season passes. And this rating is without, you know, the sale ticket sales they had. There are two teams that was leading ticket sales, Seattle and St. Louis. They were playing road games this week, so they didn't even get a chance. Those are two teams that are supposedly selling over 20,000 tickets per game. Uh, so I think that is great news when you have two of your your highest ticket teams not even playing. I think the XFL has to be very happy with that. That's right. We predicted uh, St. Louis. We said, you know, with them losing their team there, that this was an opportunity for the for the city of St. Louis to to really step up and come up and support uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and they've they've done that. So let's just wait. Can't wait to see what what it's like when they actually get to play at home. Uh, now, Seattle, I, I wasn't sure on them, but uh, definitely on St. Louis, we, we, were, we were predicting it. So I'm glad to see that it, our prediction came out correct. Well, and I think uh, attendance, strong ratings, good week one for the XFL. The main things now, will it be able to uh, maintain over the course of the entire season? But we're going to go to our next section, too. We're going to share a little bit about what worked this week, what did not work. Of course, Joey the Dragon and I, we got a chance to get together and We kind of got a list that we're going to kind of go over real quick. Uh, What worked this week? Uh, Just kind of going through, uh, I'll I'll say what really worked, the attendance work. And like you mentioned earlier, the XFL playing in smaller stadiums and the crowd really seemed to be enjoying themselves a lot more than the AAF. But that would be my number one thing that worked this week was the attendance. The plan by the XFL absolutely worked out. Agree with you 100%. And uh, I think one of the big winners here, and and listen to this, I think one of the big winners is the networks. The networks, uh, you know, with their ratings are definitely big winners here. And with the networks being winners, that makes the XFL winners. Oh, exactly. Another winner this week, too. And uh, I think the XFL discovered their first star this weekend, and that's Houston Roughnecks quarterback, P.J. Walker. Huge game for him, 272 yards passing, 
four touchdowns, led Houston to a dominant 37-17 to win over the Wildcats. Uh, most quarterback play was pretty average, but Walker stood out and looked like a superstar. And uh, if he has a few more games like that, uh, he might be getting an, another NFL opportunity in the fall. Oh, most definitely. I mean, this guy's young. He's 24 years old. Uh, absolutely amazing out there on the field. Coach did a wonderful job uh, choosing him. I think we talked about that, too, about how, how would this – it would be nice to be out there uh, when they were doing practices and stuff to see uh, which players were going to stand out and who the coach would pick uh, for whether it be quarterback or starting positions. Uh, Houston did a great job picking uh, the quarterback, P.J. Walker, uh, and, and I liked uh, one of the quotes that he said, uh, P.J. Walker. Uh, he, he said, uh, uh, I was just out there having fun. That stands out to me. That, that right there is what if, – if all of them go out there and just do that, hey, they're going to have a great year. They're making memories. Be like P.J. Just have fun. Well, P.J. started off the Roughnecks right now, 1-0, and off to a great start. Another thing that was a winner this week, I have to say – I thought the replay was a, a winner this week. Uh, you know, there, there was mic access everywhere. You were hearing the plays being called. You were hearing what they were saying in uh, huddles and, and calling the plays. I thought it was pretty cool, especially like on the replays, a couple of the close plays. You got to see a level of transparency on how those guys were making their decisions. Uh, and, of course, I think the most popular thing that I saw online was everyone thought it was so cool they were using Xbox controllers. <laughs> that's going to make some PlayStation uh, folks uh, upset maybe, but <laughs> it's awesome that they were using the, uh, the uh, Xbox remotes. Well, another thing I thought worked this week, and this is what we were really interested to see what happened would be the kickoffs. And of course the kickoffs are in, are in the NFL are a pretty dangerous play. I mean, guys are, are running, you know, full speed. It leads to some monster hits but the XFL changed it up. They lined up teams only five yards apart from each other in kickoffs, making it more like a regular line of scrimmage. Uh, and it also, instead of uh, you're incentivized to kick it to the player, not just kick it out of bounds, the ball's placed at the 35-yard line instead of 25 for a touchback if you kick it out of bounds. But there wasn't any blow-up plays like big-time runs. But – I heard so many. I heard a lot of feedback from other coworkers that I work with talking about, you know, how they thought the kickoff was pretty cool and it made absolute sense. And it's something that Hall of Famer Troy Aikman even said in his interview uh, that that he did on the sidelines, talking about, "Hey, that's a safe play that the NFL's been looking at." I thought it was uh, a lot of people wasn't sure what to take of it, but I thought it worked really well. well I agree. I think uh, you touched on some points there. The XFL, again, they're winners because they aren't just come up with gimmicks. They come up with strategic ways to actually change this game and make it better. Well, and and, the, and like you said right there, I think you nailed it right on the head. It's strategic planning. It's not just throwing out a bunch of gimmicks and then seeing what will work. How they came to those decisions on you know making player safety important. Uh, right now, though, I, I would just say week one, XFL was unpredictable, and it was fun as hell for me to watch. Oh, I agree. I, I liked watching it. It, it and I'm, I'm sorry, I have to throw some wrestling out there. Uh, it's kind of like for me watching the NWA. I really liked the NWA, and I was just thinking, I love watching NFL. I like watching that, but man, this XFL, I was excited. 
I was really excited. And talking about pros, some the winners, I want to point out one other one because I heard this multiple times when I came in today. Everybody at work was asking me, hey, did you watch XFL this week? And I say, yeah, watch it. And they said, really, really? And, and this is unanimous. Everyone's brought this up. They said they loved the pace of the game. And, I, and that was something we talked about. And, and I agree. The pace of the game I thought was awesome. Keeps you engaged. You sit there. You watch it. Um, and at any moment, it's anybody's game. Well, and pace of the game, that's a great point, Dragon, is all the games were under three hours long. When you watch the NFL, you're going three, three and a half hours, and these games were ending at two hours, 45 minutes to three hours. Fast-moving game, keeps you engaged. Shorter halftimes, uh, I thought it was a, just, a, just a great first week, and I know maybe it's new, and, uh, and that's why I'm finding it so exciting. But, man, I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great week one. I agree, and I, I think we're going to have a, uh, a great year. That's just my prediction. I think it's going to be great. Well, of course, we talked about what worked, but now real quick, let's talk about some things that didn't work. In, in our opinion, you can, you can uh, dispute with us and feel free to go on Twin Lakes Sports Network on, on Facebook on some of our uh, XFL polls. We're going to have one out there about what you think of it, and uh, feel free to go on there and comment. That's Twin Lakes Sports Network. Uh, check out our Facebook page. But a couple of things that I found really didn't work as well as I had hoped. The uh, extra point, uh, the uh, the conversions after the touchdowns, they had the one, two, and three-point conversion. Uh, teams were seven out of 19 on conversions. They had four successful one-pointers, three two-pointers. No one attempted a three-pointer. Of course, a lot of that was because the games wasn't in a position where they would need nine points to kind of get back into it. Uh, but for, for week one, a little bit underwhelming, but that could change in the future as more teams try that three-point play, Dragon. Yeah. Hey, I want to touch on that. Again, when I came in, people were talking to me about the uh, the games this week, and one of the things uh, that one of the, my employee, uh, coworkers pointed out, uh, and again, he didn't like one of his cons, you could say, was the extra point execution. He said, uh, and I'm quoting, he said, I didn't mind them running a play, uh, for extra points, but he said I he would have loved uh, for more success. And he believes that whichever team can really nail down this extra point uh, system, they're going to be somebody that could take it all the way. Exactly. Uh, something else that uh, I, I thought didn't really work in week one, and that was uh, some of the guys that were supposed to be the uh, recognizable faces – now talking about uh, Aaron Murray, of course, Landry Jones and Josh Johnson couldn't play, but Aaron Murray just had a complete flop in his game as a Tampa Bay Vipers quarterback, 16 out of 34, 231 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, 45 rating, worst performance of the weekend, and he was supposed to be a guy, and we hit this on the head. We said a couple weeks ago on our podcast, Everyone's saying Aaron Murray, Aaron Murray. He only completed 57% of his passes in the AAF. But Aaron Murray, he just – he dropped a turd if I was going to describe his week one performance. Yeah, that was, uh, again, quarterbacks. Uh, now, I, I had to disagree with, again, one of my fellow workers here. Uh, his con was uh, quarterback play. And he says it's, it's to be expected. He says if these guys were great, they, they'd have been in the NFL. Well, a lot of the games I saw, 
the quarterbacks looked great. They were strong. You know, Cardale Jones, excellent. P.J. Walker, excellent. Uh, so I'd have to disagree that, you know, with, the, with, it, with him saying that the, the quarterback play. Um, I, if I were going to pick a con, I guess I will. That's what I'm doing. Not, uh, not if, but my con would be probably the audio uh, when, they, when they went down to the coaches on the sidelines. The rest of the audio is great. But when it went to coaches, it was, uh, I, I guess I was, I don't know, maybe I was expecting more, uh, but it, it just didn't work for me. Well, and I think on the audio, I wish they would have had more in what the players were saying instead of, it seemed like I, they like to have a lot of the coach. They were using jargon. I don't know what in the world they were talking about. I'd rather hear the sideline F-bomb. Exactly. You, you know, tell me a story. Let me hear something. But you, you're right. It's almost like we were trying to we were listening to code. I, I didn't understand what they were saying. So to me, that was my my big letdown was was the audio again, just on the coach's side. The rest of the audio is great. And I agree. I think we it'd been a lot more fun to, to, to maybe mic up some of the other players and, and hear some other things on the field, maybe. And, and I don't know. But the, to me, it was just a letdown on the coaches and the audio. All right, my final uh, flop of the uh, week would have to be, and this is another Tampa Bay Viper. They got the best uniforms in the league, in my opinion, but they had the worst game. Uh, the Mark Tressman, the uh, head coach, of course, he was the former Chicago Bears head coach. Uh, he absolutely uh, flopped in his first game as Tampa Bay Vipers coach. He was swapping his quarterbacks in and out. Murray had a terrible game. Flowers, when he had Flowers coming in and making some good plays, he would pull them out as soon as he was getting momentum. Uh, his locker room speech, too, at halftime, uh, to me, it's not going to fire me up. It's going to put me to sleep. But uh, Mark Tressman also uh, dropping a deuce for the Tampa Bay Vipers in week one. Yeah, and the Tampa Bay Vipers were are ready to you know go far. Some some were saying that they could they could win this year, but uh, it, it, it's if this is uh, what we've seen uh, this weekend. If if that's what we're, is going to be the rest of the year, I'm going to say they got a they got a long road to haul to make it to the championship game because there was a lot a lot of teams out there that looked a lot better. Well, and I would say you know going into the season, it's like the old Mike Tyson quote. Everyone has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. You could say that's the plan that, with the XFL. Every team had a plan until they got out there and started playing, but the Vipers just just uh, did not perform. So that would be my – that's my uh, – what worked this week, what didn't work. Dragon, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, things that went, went bad this weekend. How about L.A. at Houston? Uh, with the LA Wildcats uh, just getting getting wiped uh, by Houston. As a matter of fact, uh, breaking news today was uh, they fired a defensive coordinator, Coach Pepper Johnson, uh, who was a five-time Super Bowl champion, two as a player and three as a coach. So surprising news coming from the Wildcats today, uh, firing Coach uh, Pepper Johnson. Well, there it is. Breaking news from the Dragons. Uh, defensive coordinator Pepper Johnson out after one game. Also, their linebacker and team captain, Anthony Johnson, also released. What in the world has happened with L.A.? Uh, boy, it's a, that's a rough start, and I'm sure the locker room is in shock over this. I mean, that's got to be just an absolute shock. And uh, speaking of games, why don't we go ahead? We'll jump into our 
game-by-game review. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with the very first game in XFL history. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the D.C. Defenders. Uh, they had the uh, visiting Seattle Dragons uh, came to town. Of course, the Defenders, they found a star in week one. Cardell Jones, 235 yards passing, 16 out of 26 from the field, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Cardell Jones, he really delivered with a little razzle-dazzle. Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones, they flip. Back to Rodgers, back to Jones, a man wide open down the sideline. It's Kari Lee, five, goal line, touchdown. D.C. defenders with some razzle-dazzle. That's right, uh, former Ohio State quarterback looking very strong in his uh, debut here in the XFL. And uh, after that game, fans were calling him for MVP. And yeah, not the, to mention – I'm sorry about that. I was say no, not go to ahead, mention, Dragon. What was, what was exciting, I was hoping for a touchdown. I got to say, I was hoping for a touchdown uh, for the first uh, points to be scored in XFL history. However, um, it wasn't. It was field goal point uh, by D.C., but followed by the uh, a touchdown uh, by the Seattle Dragons. So uh, got a little backwards there. Field goal first, then the touchdown. I'd like to see it the other way. But, hey, either way, it's exciting. We're seeing history in the making here. Well, former Memphis Express quarterback uh, Brandon Silvers, who we got a chance uh, to uh, watch him play a little bit for our Memphis Express when we were covering them, still had a decent game, 217 yards passing, three touchdowns, but ultimately had two interceptions that ended up making the difference in that game. Uh, The defenders look like they're for real. They're going to be hard to beat with the athletic specimen Cardell Jones at quarterback. And not just uh, their word or their name, defenders. I noticed, uh, for me, their defense looked really good, too. And their fans absolutely brought it. So, great opening day performance for the defenders. Uh, Now, we'll go ahead and go to the game you were talking about a little earlier with our breaking news. Uh, The Houston Roughnecks, they also discovered probably the star of the XFL, P.J. Walker. He throws for 272 yards. Four touchdowns, 103 rating. Big game for Walker as the Roughnecks end up taking the victory 37-17 to over the Los Angeles Wildcats. That's right. This uh, P.J. Walker, man, he's, he's going to be exciting to watch this year. So we, we look for a whole lot more out of him uh, in the coming uh, weeks. Of course, Walker, he really made a, uh, a big impact as he was really showing that he could throw the deep ball, he was going deep all day long. Walker, with time, takes the shot. Cam Phillips, caught. Touchdown, Renegades. And the Wildcats, of course, uh, backup quarterback, Kanoff, uh, just unable to get it done. Still had a decent game. Uh, low completion percentage, 21 out of 40, 214 yards. Uh, one touchdown, one interception. Spruce, number 11, had a big game, over 100 yards receiving, the first receiver in the XFL to go over 100 yards. But overall, P.J. Walker was just too much as the Roughnecks go to 1-0. and In the first game on Sunday was the Guardians taking on the Tampa Bay Vipers in New York. And it was former Oakland Raider Matt McGloin had 182 yards passing, not a lot, but 
But, hey, one touchdown, no turnovers, also ran for another touchdown as he ended up getting the victory over the hapless Tampa Bay Vipers, who didn't even play like they had a pulse, Dragon. (laughs) Yeah, you say that. It was quite the blowout, but uh, nonetheless, exciting football. The first week here in XFL. Well, the Guardians, the defense really impressed us. They were led, of course. Summers had a return for six. In the game, it's Murray on the fake. Pressure in his face, and he completes it. Truesdale, fumble the football, is picked up by New York with room to run. Summers working his way to the end zone. Hit near the goal line as he in. Touchdown. the second time we've seen Truesdale have a ball in his hands. The first one earlier in the game got overturned. I don't think that one's going to get overturned. I think that's a catch fumble. That ended up putting down the the, uh, Vipers, unable to recover, but the defense, the Guardians, I think they got the best defense in the league, and it's going to be one that we're going to have to watch all year with that defensive pressure. Right. McGloin, okay. Again, I, I, I like quotes, and uh, he said, I have more to prove to myself than anything. So uh, I look forward to seeing more from him this year. Well, he had a great game. Of course, hey, our upset of the week, our very own team, the team that we've been really watching, the St. Louis Battlehawks, they go into Dallas. Huge upset as uh, the throwing Samoan throws a TD pass Ends up getting the victory, huge victory. The Battlehawks defeat the Renegades 15-9. to That's right. It's an upset victory. I don't think anybody was seeing this one coming. Uh, St. Louis was celebrating. Uh, the Renegades got the ball with 40, sec- 40 seconds left uh, down by six. Falling on their own muffed punt, but then throw a game-ending interception. The upset was complete. St. Louis won it. And I, I know there's a lot of St. Louis fans that are, are very, very excited to see that, especially when they did it and uh, at, at their own home turf there, uh, taking a win away from uh, uh, Dallas. Well, the throw in Samoan, Tamau, he 20 out of 27, 290 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Then he had another 77 yards running. So, Tomorrow, responsible for 286 yards. Then the running back from Florida, Matt Jones, had 85 yards in one of the best uh, rushing performances of the week. Of course, the Renegades playing without number one pick Landry Jones. Uh, they had former AAF quarterback, who was also quarterbacking the game that we attended, uh, the San Diego team that played Memphis. Uh, so now Nelson, he's 0-2 against teams that we cheer for, Dragon. That's right. And, hey, don't want to take it away from St. Louis, but you've made a point there with Dallas not having their quarterback. I think the, he had had a knee injury early in the season, and so they just wanted to give him one, give him a little more time to rest that that knee. So hey, Dallas isn't out. Yeah, Dallas still early in the season. Of course, they were playing without Landry Jones, but Tamau just with the ability to uh, go deep, and he threw a touchdown, like you mentioned, touchdown pass towards the end of the game that gave him the lead. Look at end zone, back of it. It is touchdown. Good touchdown, St. Louis. 
Alonzo Russell and a nine-yard strike from Tamu. Hey, it's going to be exciting when we get to see a rematch uh, with St. Louis versus Dallas with both quarterbacks being healthy. I look forward to that. Oh, that should be a good one. But biggest upset of the week. But overall, Dragon, really great week of football. Uh, overall, I, I am just pumped up. I think the XFL is off to a great start. Uh, we're looking forward to our uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. We'll do a preview. We'll have another special little uh, short episode just previewing the St. Louis Battlehawks uh, next game in the upcoming week. Of course, the Battlehawks going to be on the road again here in week two. But uh, we'll have a preview of that later later this week. Of course, this week, the Battlehawks, this should be a shootout. Battlehawks versus the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, they're going to be at Houston. That's going to be a tough game going on and taking on P.J. Walker. That's right. A lot of exciting football to come. So, uh, guys, if you're fans, uh, get out there and make some noise. And speaking of fans, we got to throw a shout out. Last week, last two weeks, our episodes have just blown up. Appreciate all those that have given us positive feedback. There was got one guy that kind of tore us up a little bit online. Uh, he only gave us a two out of five star rating, so uh, he must not be a fan of my super excited voice. Of course, Dragon, I was doing the last few weeks episodes by myself but now having you back to offset maybe that's going to help us uh, with the uh with those fans that are giving us the low ratings yeah i was going to say it was probably because i was there but if it wasn't uh, if it was you know hey uh, i maybe maybe he listened to the maybe he was listening to another podcast and accidentally you know uh put a review for the wrong one that's what i'm going to say it's got to be well, what I'm happened well, unlike our fans in Denmark, and now we're top 50 in Australia. Uh, so we love we love the Australians. We love our Danish friends. Uh, we're still got to learn how to. We've been, we've been debating this. I, I know it's actually Danish, but I, I say we're going to call it Denmarkian. We have got to learn Denmarkian so we can say thank you to our friends from, uh, from uh, Denmark. That's right. Thank you, guys. And uh, just like P.J. Walker said, hey, we're just two guys out here just having some fun. Well, and speaking of two guys, these are two guys that are getting ready to hit the road because we got a basketball game to cover tomorrow. Check out the Twin Lakes Sports Network. But uh, for the loose cannon, David McBee, Joey the Dragon Shaw, hey, you go out and do something nice for someone because your tomorrows are never guaranteed. Well, the rest of you guys have a great week. Keep checking our uh, XFL page. We're going to have another uh, later this week, just a quick uh, pregame uh, kind of breakdown of the Battle Hawks as they travel to Houston to take off the Roughnecks. Uh, but we'll see you then here on This is the XFL.